Lord, we pray that you will visit us this weekend. Lord, whether the number is small or great, Lord, as long as you are here, that's everything that we need. So, Lord, present yourself. Lord, even we're here inviting you. But we also trust when two or three are gathered together in your name. Lord, your promise is that there am I. Tonight we say, there you are. We have full faith that you are here right now. You are here not only sitting there, being here. We believe you are living here. You are moving here. You're working here in all our spirits and all of our hearts. Lord, we like to give you the freedom. We all want you to give you the ground. We want to give you all the room. Lord, we want to give you all the conveniences. Lord, to move and work as you wish. Lord, gain us tonight. Strip away some more veils. Lord, remove the, any kind of covering that we may see your word, your dear and precious word, the Holy Scriptures in a fresh way. We like to freshly fall in love with the word of God. We pray, Lord, you will grant us this mercy. You give us all this grace. We pray that our attitude, our feeling towards the word will have a change. Lord, we also pray that you will bring us into living practices of how to access your word, how to enjoy your word, how to read your word, how to understand your word, Lord, and how to know your word and how to be saturated with your word. Lord, your word is everything to us. Surely man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. Oh Lord, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Oh, tonight we're ready to eat. Whatever is coming out of your mouth, speak to us, O oh Lord. We're here ready to breathe you in, to take you in. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, uh, brothers and sisters, we're here again for another conference. This is the second time here in Virginia Beach, this type of spring conference. This time, uh, we're going to do something unusual. You see in your, uh, the outline in your hands that we are going to cover a subject that to some of you may be extraordinarily, not, I shouldn't say extraordinarily, I should just say something that is understandably basic, uh, simple. You may say, I drove all this way to come and hear a word to like new believers. You know, the subject is how to handle the word of God. You may say, I've been saved for years. I read the Bible many times. You know, you don't need to tell me this. Well, um, um, I believe in you. I believe you and I respect uh, your knowledge of the word, and even your love for the word. But this weekend, um, this word is not meant for a few. 
This word is meant for all of us. And for all of us, speaking about all of us, uh, I just cannot, um, I don't feel that I can, um, as I told the brothers, take things for granted. In other words, just because you're here, just because you're in the church, local churches, you're in the Lord's recovery, therefore, uh, you know how to handle the word of God, or that you are adequately in the word of God, and you have the right attitude uh, towards the word of God. I actually am not very, very sure about, not sure about that. And in recent days, uh, this burden has really come upon me uh, to, quote, quote, come back to this seemingly basic, seemingly uh, elementary subject. But I hope as the weekend progresses, uh, you're, uh, you're, you'll have a change of mind. You will have a different feeling and a different concept. And even perhaps after this weekend, you will have a renewed um, love um, and treasure for the Bible, for the Word of God. So I would say this weekend, uh, this is my number one burden, is to ask the Lord to remove some veils, to strip away some coverings over our eyes, that even we people who've been around for some time may, may have so that we can see um, not only the word of God, but we can see what is the real way, the best way to handle, to touch, to access, to receive this word of God, which is a holy thing in itself, which is not like any other writing or any book uh, in humankind, no matter what kind of books they are. This is a most special book. It is in fact called, the Bible means the book. There's no other book like this. It is the Holy Scriptures. It is God's word, God's speaking. Just think about that for a moment. God spoke and here it is, this Bible. The second burden I have this weekend is not only have to do with our attitude um, towards this word, I really hope that we can have a renewed practice in the way we get into this word starting tonight. In fact, each of the four messages cover one particular practice. And because it is practice, it is not, it cannot stop with just inspiration or this weekend you are touched by something, you are inspired. That's just not good enough. Practice means after this conference, there's going to be some work for you to do. And that is you have to go and practice these things. So that would be my second burden. I believe 
in the among in the mid-Atlantic churches, if the brothers and sisters uh, or the majority of the saints would really uh, receive the Lord's grace and mercy in these two areas, these two points, a lot of good things will come out in the coming years. Trust me, a lot of good things will come out. Individually, personally, and also collectively, corporately in the church life. I believe it will have great material impact on every aspect of our lives, this, this very matter. Now, before we get into this lesson one, just for the sake of a quick kind of a refresher, I'm going to go through something that we all should know. We all should know. Maybe some among us are newer. You have never heard these things, but I trust many of you should have heard these things, but it is still good to go over them. Um, and that is, I like to say something very, very briefly and quickly about the Bible. You know, the Bible is under attack. The Bible is um, in the agenda of certain godless ones or certain ones who possess that kind of ideology to displace it, to get rid of it out of um, the society, out of society. And I would like to tell you tonight that that is not just the work of men. That is the work of God's enemy. Because when the word is gone, when God's word is removed, when God's word is banned, when God's word, you know, like for the longest time in the communistic society, that was the case. Then immediately that place will become godless. The first thing is out with the word. The second is out with God. Because the word is about God. The word reveals God. The word unveils God. So when the word is closed or the word is removed, essentially God is removed. So the whole agenda is, removed, is to remove God. Basically to make this society godless and secular. That is the ultimate scheme and stratagem of the devil. Now I'm not here uh, on some kind of political bent. I'm not here on some kind of soapbox. Um, I'm not in that realm. I'm not in that realm. But I will tell you I am in a warfare. I am in a warfare. This is a fight today. And it's even a daily fight for us. So many things are beckoning and calling us to occupy us, occupy our time. Taking us away from the word. 
from the time that needs to be spent in the Word of God, even in our lives. So, brothers and sisters, this is a very, very serious matter. Now, let's come back and look at the Bible. I'm going to go through this like a, you know, you're like on a bullet train, okay? You won't see much. Maybe a little bit of a blur. But still, I think it is good for us to just be refreshed. Okay. In knowing the Bible, you need to know a few things. Number one, you need to appreciate its origin and history. This Bible has a particular origin and its own particular history. The origin, Bible are, the origin of the Bible are four things. Number one, and you're going to hear me speaking about this over and over again this weekend. The Bible is God-breathed. It's God's breath. So the origin of the Bible is not out of some man or some person or some sage or some philosopher. It is out of God himself. Secondly, the Bible is the speaking from God. It's God speaking, actually. But it is by men. Men wrote it down. See, this thing is what stumble a lot of people. They say, hey, this Bible is not written by God. God never pick up a quilt or a pen with a piece of paper or something and write anything down. It's all man's writing. In fact, the Bible says so. In the Old Testament, it's written by Moses. It's written by David. It's written by the prophets. New Testament, by Paul, by Peter, etc. Yes, they were written by men. But these are not ordinary men, nor were they in some kind of ordinary condition. These were men born by the Holy Spirit. In, that's, in other words, they were inspired. They were one with the Holy Spirit. They were blown, as it were, the wind of the Spirit. They were moved by the Spirit. You say, is that possible? That is absolutely possible. Even in our own experience, the Spirit moves, the Spirit works, the Spirit blows, the Spirit breathes on men of God, and men sp spoke from God, and those speaking, or wrote as a result, and those were recorded, and that is the origin of the Bible. Don't have this idea because man is involved, Therefore, somehow, it is not divine. You, you have a natural concept when you say this, all right? God would work through man, always, even through his speaking. Number three, the origin of the Bible is God speaking in mainly two categories of people. Number one, the prophets. In the Old Testament, the greatest of them all is clearly Moses, all right? So Moses has its penitude, the first five books. So God spoke through uh, in Moses, and of course there were other prophets in the Old Testament. They, 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 they spoke volumes, chapters. But God not only spoke in the prophets, but God spoke in the Son. The Son, 
That is Christ, Jesus Christ. And that basically it's God speaking in the New Testament. The Old Testament are in the prophets, God speaking. The New Testament is God speaking in his son, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, uh, the speaking of the apostles in the New Testament are actually all the speaking in the Son. Because the spirit of the Son are in these apostles and New Testament prophets. So they don't speak from themselves again. They speak in the Son with the spirit of the Son. And lastly, the spirit, uh, excuse me, the Bible is the revelation of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit reveals us concerning God, concerning the things of God, and the Spirit discloses these things to man, to the disciples, to the apostles, and they wrote it or they spoke it, and that became part of the Bible. So, the Bible is the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Now let's go on. These, uh, this Bible is, has a long history, and I won't go into this history. I think all told, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation took about fifteen to 1,600 years to write down. Fifteen to 1,600 years. The amazing thing is a book written in that length of time is consistent from the beginning to the end. Written by dozens of different people of different times in different ages and yet at the end they form one Bible, one book consistent throughout. And this has to um, convince us that this is not just man's writing. This is indeed God's word. All right, I have no time. We're still moving very, very quickly. And you, you can do your study how that the, these writings eventually were recognized in a proper way. And to, to use this word, even canonized, to made authoritative um, as the word of God um, for, um, for the church. And so in the Old Testament, there was its own history. And in the New Testament, there's its own history. By, suffice it to say, in the New Testament, by before 400 AD, the Bible as we know it today was formed and canonized and accepted. Well, these are historical things, but I think outward things, but still these are things that we need to know um, concerning the Bible. Now, let me go on. Let's look at the essence now and the function of the Bible. Now, these are outlines I prepared. Actually, there are four outlines that I prepared I gave to some of the brothers. I actually suggest the brothers in all the churches uh, around here, uh, you would consider after this conference, 
find a time to have a mini conference in your locality using those four outlines. They're not just young people's stuff, all right? This is college age stuff. No, this is saints stuff. This is for the churches. Um, I, I would really suggest that to help us to really know the word uh, and to uh, love the word. Okay, number two is the essence and function of the Bible. What is the essence of the Bible? Again, four things, very briefly. Number one, again, God's word is God's breathing out. So it is not just uh, the source is God. This verse in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God breathed. It also tells us this is the, the essence of God's word is his breath. Now I don't know when you come to the Bible or the word, you have this feeling or this idea that you're coming in front of a breath. Or you're just coming in front of some pages, black and white. Or you're, you have this feeling you're coming before the Holy One with His holy breath. Think about that. If you do, you would come to the word always, always ready to breathe. Not just to read. You read. Not just to study. You study. But always, whatever you do, you're actually ready to breathe the word in. Very, very important. Secondly, the, the essence of the word of God in the Lord Jesus' own words is spirit and life. This word is spirit. And this word is life. You ask me tonight, what is spirit? I'll tell you, the word is spirit. You ask me, what is life? Real life. I will tell you, the word is life. Tonight. Of course, I will say, the spirit is spirit, and the spirit is life. But tonight, or this weekend, I would like to tell you, the word is spirit and the word is life. Because Jesus says so. That means, don't come to the word with your flesh. Don't come to the word using your flesh to try to get it, understand it. You must come to this, the word of God with your spirit. All right? With an exercise spirit. Very important. Number three, the Bible... Is also what? This Bible contains something very, very wonderful, and that is light. Now, it's not these lights, absolutely, right? But God who is light. God who is light. This word contains true light, the light of the world. The thousand years of so-called dark ages where the church of Rome was in ascent, actually it rules the world, were called the dark ages because the Bible was locked up. And when the Bible is locked up, light ceases to shine. 
and people just are living in darkness. I was told, I'm not no history major, that actually in the dark ages so-called, human culture and human civilization, at least in the West, regressed to even before the Roman Empire and the Greeks. The superstition that has taken over. You see what I'm saying? Light is gone. And then light opened up through the Reformation, the unlocking of the Bible and the subsequent opening of the Word caused light to shine again. This even had effect on human civilization and human society. But we are here talking about what? God's light. God's light, the light that is God himself, it is embodied in this word. Isn't this wonderful, saints? I mean, I mean, you want light? Open the word. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm serious. A lot of times, I really don't know what to do. I just feel like I was in a bind. I'm in a corner. I'm just upside down. Then I open the word. And I touch the word. I pray a verse. Sometimes even I just read something. I tell you, light shines. I felt darkness was instantly scattered. I'm not superstitious, okay? But this happens too often. Too often. Woe to those whose Bible is, who don't have a Bible. I shouldn't say, I'm not cursing. But I'm saying to have the Bible closed or to have the Bible removed or locked up is a very, very serious thing. You live in darkness. The Bible, finally, in its essence, in its essence, okay, is just God himself. In other words, this Bible, this word, embodies God. Embodies the very God. It's not too much even to say that this Bible is God himself. I don't mean the black and white. I don't mean the leather and the pages. You know what I mean. I mean the speaking. I mean the word contained therein. That is God himself. My, now, even if I pause here, brothers and sisters, do you love the word? Amen. I mean, not just love. Do you treasure it above all else so that everything can go, but you must have the word? Sometimes I don't know how Brother Watchman, he lived his last 20 years in prison because he did not have a Bible for 20 years. But I believe he had one. It's in him. It's in him. Right? What are the functions of the Bible? Real quick, brothers and sisters. Number one, it testifies, these are wonderful 
Seven points very quickly. Number one, it testified concerning the Lord Jesus. This Bible is not just to give you some kind of information about this or that. This Bible, the first job, the first function is it testifies about Christ. I told the brothers recently, I'm in Psalms. I'm in, in Psalms. Oh, my dear brothers and sisters, I tell you, the recent one, recent one I read is Psalm 16. And I, I don't know what to say. By the end, I finished reading and studying the psalm. I was jumping up and down. Jumping up and down. Because these specific psalms, not every psalm, by the way, not every psalm. But these specific psalms unveil Christ to us. Christ, the Son of the living God, the anointed Messiah, is unveiled in these particular psalms. And so, no wonder the Lord Jesus used the psalms even, not just the prophets or the law or Moses, but the psalms to testify of himself. Because he spoke, these psalms, not spoke, but speak, of Christ, his incarnation, his living, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, his enthronement, and his coming back. They're all in these Psalms. All in these Psalms. You know what, brothers and sisters? Jesus is coming. And he's coming to judge this earth, and he's coming to inherit this earth. Because this, this earth is allotted to him by God as his portion and his inheritance. So today, it's a mess, am I right? This whole world is a mess. You know, this killing or whatever in London. And, and, and there'll be more of this crazy stuff. You're going to fix it? No one can fix it. I'm going to tell United Nations... You, of all people, will never fix this earth. No heads of state, no nation, even U.S., can fix this earth. It's gone. It's impossible. The only hope, the only hope is when the real king comes back. He's going to make everything righteous. He will rule with his rod. And he will bring righteousness to this earth and justice. So we today, the church does not stand for this party or that party or this platform or that ideology. The church has more important things to do. That is to bring him back sooner. That's our contribution to society. To bring the Lord back. But all these are prophesied in a most wonderful way, even in the book of Psalms. So, dear ones, the whole book, the whole book that is the Bible, testifies concerning Christ. Today, people, they want to come to this book to study all kinds of things, including theology, literature. What did they say? Two things contribute to the 
rise of England or whatever it is. Number one, Shakespeare. Number two, the King James Bible. It is a book of great, it's a great piece of literature. Really it is. But no, this word testifies concerning Christ. You know what this means? This means every time we come to the Bible, we have to have a heart for Christ. Then you're right on. Then you're okay. Okay, we better be quick. This book make men wise unto salvation. Timothy, from a babe, you have known the scriptures. It's going to make you wise unto salvation. In other words, this book tells us the way of salvation. How to be saved, which is what every man needs. Number three, this book actually calls men to be regenerated, to be born again. This word has begetting power. Because this word, the book is like the shell inside the kernel is actually something of life. And that life can regenerate the living and abiding word of God. Powerful, powerful. How many people this word has regenerated, we don't even know. This Bible, another function, is as spiritual milk that can nourish us. The guileless milk of the word. This is a great thing. Great, great thing. And number, number, number four, this word is the bread that can feed us. And number five, this word is like a lamb shining in a dark place. This is in Second Peter. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in our hearts. You know, dear brothers and sisters, we should not despise the prophecies in the Word of God. I don't mean we get distracted into studying prophecy in some kind of weird way, you know, or some kind of superstitious way. But this, this word contains prophecies. And we are to take heed of this more sure word or firm word of prophecy until the day dawns. That means until these prophecies are fulfilled when the Lord comes back as the day star. <clears throat> Finally, this word makes the believers complete. It perfects us with its teaching, with its instruction, it, with its reproofs, it instructs us in the way of righteousness. Now, this is not a small thing, uh, dear brothers and sisters. You don't know, let's say you don't know how you should live as a man. I'll tell you, the Bible will tell you how you should live as a proper man. You don't, need how, you don't know how to be a good husband. This Bible tells you how to be a good husband. It does. It does. You don't know how to follow the Lord. This Bible tells you. You don't know how to serve or worship God. This Bible tells you. A lot of things. I would say all the things that has to do with a believer's life. This word will perfect you unto that. This word will train you. This word will complete you. 
to become a perfected man. How about this? All right. Now, we come to the attitude towards and love for the Bible. Attitude towards and love for the Bible. And we have no time for that. Where, uh, Paul, I thought we have some these extra sheets. When are you going to pass those out? Uh, soon. soon. I hope you're not um, keeping it for your own, your own enjoyment. <laughs> we have two sheets, separate sheets that are apart from these outlines. Wonderful sheets. And I have them made. I, I actually helped to prepare them. One is on what? One is on enjoying the word of God as his loving seekers. All from Psalm 119. In fact, it's right here, if you don't believe me. Right here. With um, A to Z is how many alphabets? 20, 26? 26. They're all together uh, 52 points here. And if I had the time, and, and I forgot to tell the brothers to do this, I would have this print on a color paper and laminate it for you. Laminate, you know, this transparent plastic thing so that you can even put it in your shower. <laughs> All right? Waterproof so that everywhere you go, at least for one year, you'll be reading this 52 points of how the Old Testament, listen, not even the New Testament, how the Old Testament godly saints enjoy the word of God as his loving secrets. Now, when I read Psalm 119, I got even so put to shame that here I am, a New Testament believer. It's as if I don't have that kind of seeking, that kind of of love, that kind of pursuit for God's word. You know, actually, dear ones, today, even in the church churches, the local churches, I, I just don't know if all the brothers and sisters really love the word they should the way they should. I mean, too many things we read and get into, especially with the help of these uh, electronic devices. And they're just occupying us. Occupying us. I don't mean necessarily terrible and sinful things. I mean just things other than the word of God. And if we just redeem a percentage of that time and apply it to the word of God, I think we will be very different people. Amen. And our church life will go up half a dozen notches just by that alone, just by spending time in God's word and not on these other 
unprofitable things. I mean, you, make sure you pass this out tomorrow morning, all right? Both, both sheets. And I leave it to you to laminate it yourself. Uh, and if you take baths, you can just put it on the water. It floats, huh? You can just... It's all from Psalm 119. Just from that one psalm. And we got this from the life study of Exodus. There were a few life studies that put all of these things together. I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, let, me read, let me read to you on, as on a bullet train. So you don't need to write this down. They seek God with all their heart. Uh, wait, wait a minute, I, I, I'm wrong. They choose God's word. They believe God's word. They lift up their hands to God's word. They love God's word. They delight in God's word. They taste God's word. They rejoice in God's word. They sing God's word. They regard God's word. They have a perfect heart in God's word. They incline their heart to God's word. They seek God's word. They trust in God's word. They muse on God's word. They consider God's word. They esteem God's word to be right. They learn God's word. They treasure God's word. They treasure up God's word in their heart. They remember God's word and don't forget about it. They stand in all of God's word. They cling to God's word. They did not forsake God's word. They turn their feet toward God's word. They kept and observe and do God's word and they walk in God's word and run the way of God's word. Amen. This is only 26. Oh, please go back and read those few life studies. You will just be so inspired. Brothers, these are Old Testament saints. They're not even regenerated. But they did this today. Today. I would like to make this diagnosis. A lot of our problems in the church life and our personal lives is actually due to the lack of the Word of God. Amen. Did you hear what I said? This is one doctor's diagnosis. You say, no, 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 we got problems. I got this problem, I got that problem, I got this problem. Let me tell you, life is full of problems. You can blame all the problems for your condition, for your church's condition. But let me tell you, I will tell you why. The shortage of the word. The living word of God. All right. This other sheet of paper is on how to engage our whole being in the word of God. And I better not go there because if I do, I don't have time to finish the speaking tonight. What time is it? Okay, good. All right. Now, this weekend... I'm actually not going to spend that much time on the message. Just like, you know, like a regular message. My job here, as I said in the beginning, is one, to inspire you, to refresh you concerning the preciousness of this word. All right? The preciousness of this word. And number two, to inspire you to practice getting into this word when you go back. 
That's my two burden that I hope to accomplish. Now, let's come to tonight. How to handle the word of God? Four things. Number one, read it. <laughs> read it. Number two, pray it. Pray it. Different. A little different. Number three, study it. Study it. Number four, speak it. Now, if you would practice these four things, I'll tell you, you will be a healthy believer. All the things that God would expect of us, would require of us, as his children, and all the services and work that we should render to the Lord as members of his body and as his slaves. We will fulfill them. We will fulfill them. Not by our own ways nor by our own strength, but because we have the word. Because we have the word. All right? So, tonight, I'll just start with the most simple thing. That is to read your Bible. To read the Bible. It's not a small thing to read the Bible. There was a man, this famous story, it's kind of funny, who went to a jungle with these savages. In fact, cannibal, cannibalistic, you know, they, they eat <laughs> human flesh. And he ran across this one who was reading his Bible, reading his Bible. He said, wow, what are, what are you doing? Somewhat belittling it or despising it. <clears throat> this, this man said, if I'm not reading this Bible, you would be in my tummy already. <laughs> Did you hear, hear that story? It's a real story. So the Bible helps. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking about just that. Brothers and sisters, Tonight, in the simplest, simplest of terms, I want to make a plea to all the saints in the churches. Read the Bible. I even like to say this somewhat on behalf of God. Read my word. Just read it. Just read it. We say, I revere God, but you don't revere his word. It's not substantial. It's not substantive. Or you say, I love God. 
but you don't love his word. There's a big gap there. You say, I love God, but you don't love his word. I wouldn't put a question mark on your love, but I really would put a big question mark on this, the depth of that love. Do you see what I'm saying? If you really love someone, you care for what they say. You care for their words. Am I right? And this Bible is a huge, big love letter, isn't it? I, let's not draw near to God merely with our lips, brothers and sisters. Let's draw near to him with our heart. We say we worship God, but we never come to his word. How do we worship God? We say we care for God's desire, but you never come to his word. How do you know what is in his thought and what is in his intention? Um, I've been serving the Lord for quite some time, and I come in and out among the saints, the Lord's people. And to my dismay, I really find this to be lacking among many saints. Dear saints, lovely brothers and sisters, but hardly any time in the word of God. As if it's not part of their lives. They, they just bring it when the meeting comes or something, or, or something like that. Brothers, this is God's speaking. Read it. Amen? Shall we read the Bible? Let's just read it. I think even reading the word will please the Lord. Okay, let's quickly go through this. Don't worry, I, I won't spend that much time. We need to see the importance of reading the Bible. God speaking to man today is based on what he has already spoken in the past. That's the word, the Bible. Even though a person may be quite advanced in his spiritual walk, God's revelation to him will still be confined to the words that he has spoken in the Bible. God speaking today is merely a repetition of his own word. That Bible is complete, this Bible. Today, all the speaking, all the interpretation, all the exposition are not actually something new. It is to make us understand it, but they themselves are nothing new. They are mere repetition of what is already spoken by God himself. We need to read the ministry. We must, and we'll get into that. A heavy burden. But brothers, I adjure you to read the Lord's own word. The Lord's own words in the Bible. If a person does not know what God has spoken in the past, 
It is difficult for him to receive his revelation in the present because he lacks the basis of God for God's speaking. So if you never read the Bible, you don't know what's in the Bible, you don't know even where, you know, 2 Corinthians is, right? Um, then when I speak to you about the word, I speak about God's purpose, I speak about this and that. You, have, you like what you hear, but you have no reference at all. You don't even know what God has spoken. You know where this belongs. And so by doing this, you will miss the Lord's even present speaking because you don't have God's past speaking of his own words in you. This is very, very important. If God wants to speak something to others through us, he will also do it on the basis of what he has spoken in the past. If we do not know what God has said in the past, he cannot speak through us to others, and we are useless in the eyes of God. We all want to be useful to God, to say something of God's to others, whether it is unbelievers or brothers and sisters that you are ministering to. But listen, if you don't have the basis, the foundation of what he has already spoken in his own words, it's hard for you to speak to others. It's hard. It really is hard. Now, I don't mean when I come and speak to Steve, every other sentence is quoting chapter and verse, you know, just to show how much I, have, I know the Bible. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. But I will tell you this much. That is the substantial and rich ministering. And I don't mean just standing here to minister. I mean one-on-one -on -one care and shepherding to people. I tell you, your body, your reservoir of God's word means a lot. It, 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 it's day, almost day and night. When I speak to someone, because I have God's word in, in me, the Spirit can very easily inspire me on the spot of a particular word. And that word that comes out through me from the Spirit is frequently exactly what meets this person's need. Rather than just my own words. It is the word of God coming through me, through my mouth, to ministering to this person. Makes a big difference. Young people... You have to, when you're young, when you are a teenage, start reading your Bible. And mothers, mothers, those of you who have little, little, huh? I want to encourage you, even when they don't understand that much, read the word to them. Even the sound of it would do something. My dear wife did that with my two daughters from the time they're young. Just every night, just open the Bible and read it to them. They don't understand this, that, God's nothing. They just read. They just hear the word of God. How many godly men throughout the ages have mothers like this? 
It's not a happenstance that when the time when God calls them, they become useful because they have some basis in them, built in them over time. I wish all of our homes would be Bible-loving homes and all of us would be Bible-reading saints. This is only right. Okay, this we... It's why we need to let the word of God dwell in us richly. Of course, that's Colossians 3, 16. By letting his word dwell in us richly, we know his past ways and hear his presence speaking. Only then can God use us to speak to others. B, uh, in the outline. Uh, I love this. Can you read it? All read it. I regard reading the Bible to be more important than anything else. We should not consider reading the Bible as a pastime or think that other things are more important. Reading the Bible is indispensable and cannot be put aside. Roman 2. We need to see how to read the Bible. Very, very practical. A. The best way to read the Bible is to read it daily. All right? Just read it every day. It's a good practice. Put this into practice. Don't live a day without his word. That, that's a vain day. A day without God's word. It's really vain. It's really vain. You're just there floating around in man's word. And in your own words. It's a vain day without the word of God. One, since the Bible is the food for our spiritual life, we must receive spiritual nourishment from it daily. Just as we need to eat physical food every day, we need to read the Bible every day. We're healthy when we eat food every day, and we're healthy when we read the Bible every day. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we do eat, need to eat every day to be nourished, to be healthy. Two, we should not eat food one day and then fast for three days. Likewise, we should not read the Bible in fits and starts. Just as our food should be apportioned to us throughout the day, our Bible reading should be apportioned in a measured and daily way. We should not receive too much or too little, reading too much one day and very little the next. Eating at specific times is the most healthy way to eat. Similarly, we should set aside specific times to read the Bible every day. It is best for our spirit to read a specific amount of the Bible at specific times every day. Okay, saints, how about this? As a practice, you say, I'm, I have not done this. I'm not sure I, I can do it. How about try? How, how, about, how about try? Now, this is different from morning revival. Okay, that, that's, that's something else. We're going to talk about that. This is reading the Bible. You're just reading his word. All right? Every day, and then a specific amount. We're going to get into that. Don't be scared. 
and a specific time because it becomes routine. All right, B. The morning is the best time to read the Bible. Not everyone can do this. However, if you're on in the bus or if you are carpooling or any such thing, actually, you can find time to replace this. To replace this with the word of God. It is best to read the Bible in the morning when our hearts has just awakened, our spirit is clean and quiet, and there's no noise, people, or events to disturb or worry us. If you cannot, you cannot. This is not legal. If we come to the Lord's word and read the Bible in the morning, it will supply us to meet our needs throughout the day. See, we should read the books of the Bible sequentially. All right? Don't just jump and pick and choose. Just read it in sequence. You benefit from it. Just in sequence. In sequence. Some new believers read the Bible randomly. The Bible must be read consecutively and not randomly because it's important for you know, to know what's before this passage and what's after. What's the book before this and what's the book after this? Is this the Old Testament or is it the New Testament. You need some context, all right? So read it consecutively. Two, we need to read the easy portions as well as the difficult ones. Even if we don't understand a portion of the Bible, we still need to read it. Don't, don't jump over it. Just read over it, all right? Read book after book without selection, choice, or preference. We should read the Old Testament and the New Testament simultaneously we should not wait until reading, uh, finish reading the Old Testament before reading the New Testament. Now, I put a little asterisk on this one. I won't even make this like the standard. Go ahead and just read the New Testament without the Old. Or go ahead and just read the Old Testament without the New. As long as you read the Bible. <laughs> All right? All right? I really mean that. Every Christian should allocate two different times to re daily read the Bible. One time in the morning, the other time in the morning, or in, also in the morning or afternoon or evening. We should read a conservative portion during both times. I absolutely would not make this a law. Absolutely not. Brothers and sisters, you have your schedule. You have to find something that works for your schedule reasonably. Right? The important thing is that what you do is sustainable. It can be carried out reasonably over a long while. Okay? A believer should read the whole book chapter by chapter consecutively over and over again. The reading should neither be too fast nor too slow. It should be regular, continuous, and general in nature. So, now let me give you some specific uh, 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 examples. You may read, let's say, one chapter in the New Testament a day. That's all you can do. I say, do it. Do it. Or you say, no, I can read two chapters. I say, do it. All right? You say, I can read three. You do it. 
But if you say 30, I said, don't do it. <laughs> because it's not sustainable. All right? And it takes quite a bit of time to read 30 chapters. But within reason, as a daily portion, the same thing for the Old Testament. Now, your church, and I strongly recommend the churches, we do, and many churches do as well, have a common reading schedule for the saints. And that is not to lock all the saints up to do the same thing. It's just something recommended for all the saints to do. We, in Irvine, we read, I think, two pages. We don't go by chapters. We go by recovery version Bible pages. I think so. And you say, how long should I read this? Well, it depends on your time. If you have good time, you know, to some of you, you're in a job that can, you can really read, you have more time, you can spend, you know, half an hour to read the Bible, you know. But for many of us, we may not have that amount of time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to read a chapter, to read two chapters, is actually very, very possible if we don't spend time on this. <laughs> let, 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 let's all be honest tonight. Huh? How much time do you think we all, on the average, wasted time on this? You know, just doing this or this? Things that afterward you tell yourself, I don't need that. It's really, how many, how many, how much time per day? Just, saints, I don't know who, I don't, I don't have, uh, what do you call it, uh, the social media, Facebook, right? Facebook. Ah, I know some saints, they spend so much time to update their Facebook. And you have to find pictures to put it there. You have to select them. And then you have to write captions on them. Then you have to find the, uh, I, don't know, I, I don't know these things, by the way. I don't know these things. You, 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 you want these things, more people to like it or something? Is that, is that what you do? I don't know what all these things, I, I, I just, I don't do them. And, 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 and twittering, twi tweeting, tweeting, how you call it, tweeting. And, and some people have three social medias, you know, uh, 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 whatever. Brothers, what, what do you think? Don't you think at least half hour. We all waste. In a, or we can spend on, on this. Yeah? On the Lord, on his word. Yes? I think so. I think so. Dear brothers and sisters, let's love the Lord in action and not just in word.
You say tonight you, you're talking so, what is this? Please give us some high revelation. Well, this weekend I have no burden for high revelation. I have much burden for low practices. But I know this will change your life and mine. I'm like one of these people who are coming in to a doctor telling you, what do you call it, the, the best diet, the best exercise. You know what I mean? It's, after a while, it's very boring because it's the same. After a while, it's the same thing. It's universal. The problem is people don't do it. So all the best knowledge nutri of nutrition and health doesn't mean a thing because you don't do it. So tonight, I want to make sure you go home and do it within reasonable time. You know, my exercise, I do two exercises. I swim. It's a great exercise for older people. And then I do these high-intensity interval training. HIT, H-I-I-T, which is all over the place. So you get this little free app, you punch it, and it will tell you, even with instructions. Five, four, three, two, one, start. And it counts the time for you, and you just do it. Let me tell you, after seven minutes, I was sweating. Because it's high intensity, just give you less than five seconds of rest in between sets of strength and, uh, and other exercises. Just that short amount of time, I tell you, it does a lot to my body. To my body. But before I do it, even seven minutes, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. My whole body rebels. <laughs> I'd rather go down and uh, eat a peanut butter sandwich, a jelly sandwich, <laughs> rather than doing this seven-minute whatever it is. Dear saints, tonight it, I don't sound very spiritual. I don't sound so high. I don't sound so deep. But trust me, brothers and sisters, if we would all do this for the love for the Lord, a lot will change in our church life and in your personal life. I really mean that. All right? Time is already, it's gone. I must finish very quickly. D, we must not only be spiritual to read the Bible, but we must turn our heart to the Lord. Even you're reading Amos. Okay? Amos. Do you know Amos? Some of you are... Uh, is he speaking in tongues? No, that happens to be a book in the Old Testament that probably you have not read. Even in reading that book in the Old Testament about Edomites, about nothing to do with you, let me tell you, let me tell you. Dear saints, turn your heart to the Lord. When you read, even read the Bible in this kind of simple way, just turn your heart. Even before you read, have 15 seconds of turning prayer. Lord, I'm coming to your breath again. I'm coming to your word again.
Lord, I turn my heart to you. Before you read, then you are in a better condition to receive the word of God. If our heart is not turned to the Lord, there will be a veil on our heart that prevents us from seeing the light in the Bible. Once our hearts turns to the Lord, however, the veil is taken away. If we want to know the Bible, we must turn our heart to the Lord. That is, we must turn away from every person, thing, and matter outside of the Lord and return to the Lord. Just that simple term. Whenever the heart turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. I remember just even reading this Old Testament, sometimes these minor prophets, you know, it's the whole thing is on judgment, you know. I tell you, I turn to the Lord, I read, there will be something there that leaps off the page and inspires me. And what do you do? Let's go to E. In reading the Bible, we should receive inspiration and turn it into prayer. The moment you receive inspiration, we should stop reading for a little bit and turn the inspiration into prayer. However, there's no need to pray for a long time. We should simply pray briefly and then resume our reading. This is the most beneficial way to obtain nourishment from reading the Word. So I just, some verse just comes off the page and I just briefly turn to the Lord and thank the Lord for whatever is there and make a prayer to the Lord based on that simple inspiration. Then I go back to reading. You, you be, you, I, I tell you, if you do this before you sleep, you have a good night's sleep. Amen. A lot of us don't have good night's sleep because we're filled with things from here. And they don't give you good sleep. They put fear into you, anxiety into you. Am I right? And grief into you. But when you read the Lord's word, I tell you, it pacifies you. It relaxes you. It makes you sleep well. I, I mean that. It's medicine. Okay, lastly, we should not seek a thorough understanding when reading the Bible. This kind of reading is not for understanding. It's just to go over the word, familiarizing ourselves with his word. We should read according to our level, receive as much as we can understand, and let go of the things that we cannot understand. This is the simplest and most spontaneous way to read the Bible. You say, when will I understand that? Don't worry, you will understand. Right now, you just skip over that and you just keep going. Two, this is the same as eating a meal. When there's a piece of bone without chicken, we simply put the bone aside. Although everything that is presented in the Bible is meant for us to eat, there's something that we cannot eat now. Too solid, too tough. They must be saved for later. The day will come. Number three, we need to build up a habit of spending time in the Word. A, it is important to build up a habit. You better underline the word habit. That's the key of reading the Word. If you build up the habit of reading the Word, you'll be healthy spiritually and you will grow. B, let's read this together. It's a quote. To live, we have to keep some legalities. We must be legal about four things. Eating, drinking, breathing and sleeping. Do you think it is too legal to eat three meals every day? Without such a legality, you will soon be ready for a funeral. In order to live in a healthy way, 
you must eat, drink, breathe, and sleep. I encourage you to build up a habit of reading the Word daily, preferably in the morning. Make this. Night. I'd like to tell you when this message was given. It was given right after the first big rebellion in the United States. And Brother Lee was visiting the churches to help stabilize and, and heal. That's one of the main things he spoke to the saints at that time. Read the word. Read the Bible. It is as fresh tonight as it was then. Okay, number four. 1 Timothy 4.13 says, Until I come, attend to public reading to the exhortation, to the teaching. Here Paul does not refer to the reading in the sense of study, but to read aloud in public. According to the context, this kind of public reading may be for exhortation and teaching. Actually, I would say, sometimes when you're reading the Bible in this way by yourself, read it aloud. Like you are reading to somebody, the air, right? Well, God is hearing it for sure. And the devil is hearing it for sure. And the angels are hearing it for sure. And you are hearing it for sure. Read it to yourself. Read the word of God. All right? Are you disappointed by the subject of this weekend? I hope not. All right. Now, I think the time has come. We like to use this weekend not only with my speaking but with many saints speaking, because many of you, uh, or some of you, have some really entrance into this or that practice, and you are a beneficiary of such a practice, please share with us. Please share with us. Again, I say, I'd like to consecrate this weekend to practice, to something very practical. Okay? So you can put up the... Uh, microphones and some of us can please speak about your experience or about your aspiration. Uh, Amen. Amen.